If you have your Bibles with you tonight, please return to uh, the book of Revelation, the last book of your Bible, and to chapter 20, please, Revelation chapter 20, and we're going to read a few verses tonight, uh, well known uh, in the gospel, Revelation chapter 20, please, and starting to read at verse 11, Revelation chapter 20, and cast your eye down to verse 11, please. We're going to read these few verses and then just bow in a moment of prayer uh, together. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no more sea. And we'll end our reading there together tonight. Just bow with me one moment, please, as we ask the Lord for his help as we come to a close of a meeting. Father, we just come uh, before thee again tonight and we thank thee for the hymns that we've sang and for the pieces that have been ministered to us. And Father, we just come just now as we come to thy word and we pray, Lord, that thou will come and, Father, that we will know that thou art here. We pray for that deep, conscious sense that we're in the presence of God tonight. And, Father, I pray that you'll take me and fill me afresh with the Spirit of the living God. Pray that your word will go forth with power and with authority. And, Father, that every single one of us tonight will know that we have been afresh in the presence of the Almighty. We pray that you'll take away all consciousness of time, every distraction from us, as we handle and deal with these solemn things tonight, for we ask it in the lovely, precious, and worthy name of thy Son. Amen. Amen. I want to, <clears throat> with the help of God, close our meeting tonight with the most solemn day that the world will ever see. It's going to be a solemn day. I know of no more solemn passage of the Word of God than these five verses that we read at the end of Revelation chapter 20 tonight. The reason why I say it's going to be the most solemn day is because God has appointed a time in which he will judge the world. You'll remember way back in Acts chapter 17, it says, But God, who commandeth all men to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained. You know the verse in Hebrews chapter 9, for instance. It says that it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. And you know, dear friends, tonight, 
We have just been reading tonight the future of many. That there's coming a day when they will stand before God. I know of nothing more solemn. I know of nothing more real and more awesome than a creature of the dust, feeble, frail, a sinful man or woman, unconverted, to stand alone before God. You see, dear friends, what we have read tonight is the future of every man and woman that dies without Christ. And we read earlier on there in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand. There'll be no slouching. There'll be no running. There'll be no hiding. But the Word of God says that they stand before an almighty God. You see, dear friends, what I'm going to stress to you tonight is this. This day that's coming is unlike any other day that the world or the universe will ever see. On this day, mercy will be gone forever. On this day, grace will have been gone forever. On this day, forgiveness will be gone forever. And on this day, the opportunity of salvation will be gone forever. I want you to picture in your mind tonight as I try to paint the picture for you of a man tonight somewhere in Dungannon who dies without Christ, unseen, unrepentant, Dying without being born again. And he breathes his last somewhere in this town tonight. The moment that that man will die. His body will fall to the ground. But his soul will go into the chasms of hell itself. You remember in Luke chapter 16. There was a rich man who fared sumptuously every day. He was clothed in fine linen. He knew the scriptures for he knew his father Abraham. But it says the rich man died and was buried and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And men and women tonight that die in their sin without Christ and without God and without hope will go to a lost eternity in hell. Now I want to emphasize that tonight. And if you die tonight before I get off this platform, or if you die tonight before we leave this meeting, and you die in your sin, you will go where that rich man is tonight. You'll go to hell. But you'll not always stay there. You see, dear friends, there's coming a day whenever God in his power and in his wise economy will resurrect every soul from the chasms of hell. All the damned from over the ages, from Adam to the end of time, the murderer will be there. The thief will be there. The drunkard will be there. The religious will be there. And the dead and small and great will stand before God. There'll be no atheists that day. There'll be no agnostics that day. Now I want to say to you tonight, 
something about the brilliance of the throne that you're going to see. You see, if you're in this meeting tonight and you die in your sin, or if you're on the internet or CD listening to me and you die in your sin, there's coming a day when you will stand and you will gaze at this very throne which we have read about tonight. Look at verse, verse 11. John says, I saw a great white throne. The brilliance of this throne. It's great. Napoleon had a great throne, but this is a greater throne. Nebuchadnezzar had a great throne, but this is a greater. Caesar had a great throne, but this is a greater throne. Alexander the Great, who conquered the world at 23 years of age, had a great throne. But this is the greatest throne the world will ever see. To stand regal before this great white throne, great in its beauty, great in its majesty, but oh, listen to this friend tonight, great in its authority. You see, the Lord Jesus said this in Matthew's Gospel, All power or all authority is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Great. It's great in its size. It's great in its scope. But it's great in its power. I tell you, dear friends, I have trembled to try to imagine it. Imagine a sinner dying and standing before God alone. Before the throne. Nowhere to hide. Nowhere to run. You see, if you ever end up at this great throne, there's some great things that you'll have to miss first. Because the psalmist said that there's a great God. And if you're in this meeting tonight and you're on your way to a lost eternity in hell and someday stand before this great white throne, let me say this to you tonight. There's one and he's a great God and he's interested in your soul. Not only wants to save you, but he wants to keep you and he wants to bless you and not send you to a lost eternity, but take you to the mansions in heaven. A great God. But Paul said about great love. Great love. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man that laid down his life for his friend. And if you're in this meeting tonight and you go to a lost eternity, you'll bypass a great God. You'll bypass a great love. But you'll bypass a great salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Imagine to die in that state. And the day has come. You've heard people preach about it. Your parents have warned you. And now the day has come. And you're standing alone before Almighty God. But not only is it great, it says here it's white. It speaks of purity. You see, the judge that sits upon this throne, dear friend, let me say this to you tonight. There's no bend in his justice. There's no, there's no sway in his decision. Whenever this judge makes his final sentence, 
It's settled for all eternity. You know there's judges in our land and they get it wrong. But this judge will never get it wrong. Shall not the judge of all the earth do that which is right? Indeed he will. Indeed he will. Not only is it a great throne and not only is it a white throne, it says that it's a great white throne. This is not a courtroom now. There's no defense here. There's no barrister here. There's no jury here. This is not a courtroom. This is a throne room. To stand before God and to hear the sentence come from the lips of deity itself. God. I tell you, dear friend, tonight if you're in this meeting and you're not saved, you need to cock your ear. Because there's coming a day when you will stand before this great white throne. And you'll not have to deal with a man. But you'll have to deal with God. There's men in the world tonight and they laugh at God. There's men and they deride him. But they'll stand before him. And so will you. Stories told of an English evangelist some number of years ago lived in a caravan. Two young girls from the village that heard him preach went to his caravan one day to make fun of him. They knocked his caravan door and asked him and said, Sir, can you tell us our fortune? Tell us the future. He said, Certainly, and he brought them into the caravan and played along with what they were doing. He said, show me your knees. And they rolled up the trousers of their, their short trousers and they showed him their knees. He took their hands and he rubbed their palms of their hands. He said, show me your eyes. And this preacher looked into their eyes and he says, open your mouth. I want to see your tongue. And he says, I know your future, young girls. This is what he said. There's coming a day when your eyes will see the King of Kings. There's coming a day when your knees will bow and your tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The future. You see, it says in Philippians that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What a picture. What a picture, friend. Standing before this great white throne, And God on the throne and you there as a guilty sinner who has heard the gospel for years, rejected and neglected, with no defense, with no barrister, with no jury and with no appeal. Just the king upon a throne. That's an awesome sight, friend. That's an awesome sight. But not only is there the brilliance of the throne, let me say something quickly about the beauty of the one that's on the throne. He went on and cast in verse 11 and he says, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the heaven and the earth they fled away and there was found no place for them. 
Who is this one upon the throne? Is it Buddha? Indeed it's not. Is it Allah? No, it's not Allah. Is it any of the million gods of Hinduism? No, no, no. The one who's on the throne is the lowly man of Nazareth, the saviour of the world. He's the one who was born of the Virgin Mary. He was the man who lived a sinless life among sinful men. He was the man that was nailed to an old Roman cross so despised by the world. That's who it is. It's the Lord Jesus himself. And he's on the throne. He's no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the tomb. But he's on the throne. There in all of his beauty. There in all of his majesty. There in all of his power. It says, and his face. Do you ever think about the face of the Savior? That was the face of the Lord Jesus when he took Peter, James, and John and Matthew 17 up onto the Mount of Transfiguration and his face shone like the sun. What beauty! What beauty! It was his face that men, coarse Roman soldiers came and it says, and they spat in his face. There's no spitting this day. It's the same face that says, and they came and they smote him on the face that his visage was so marred more than any man and as far more than the sons of men. It's his face. It's the face that they pulled the hairs from. Oh, the agony. But friend, let me say this to you today. There is no spitting in this day. There's no smiting this day. There's no pulling hairs from his cheeks this day. It says whenever John saw his face, this is what happened. The earth and the heavens, they fled away. You see, the Lord Jesus was the one who created the earth and the heaven. He just spoke it into existence with all of his power and with all of his authority. And whenever the earth and the heaven saw his face, this is what they did. They fled away from him. You know what that tells me, friend? The day when a sinner stands before God on this day, there's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere to hide. Whenever Adam sinned against God in the garden, he hid under a tree. Whenever Moses killed the soldier, he buried him in the sand. Whenever Jonah was on the run from God, he hid in a ship. But friend, let me say this to you tonight, there's no hiding on this day. The heavens and the earth, they fled away. In Revelation chapter 1, read it whenever you go home, it mentions about the eyes of the Savior. It says his eyes were as fire. Now I want you to grasp us tonight. Eyes that penetrate into the depths of your soul. 
One look from this man on the throne will bring every sin to remembrance. One glance from the eyes of the Savior will bring every secret work into judgment. And in that day, God will judge the secrets of men. We all have secrets, you know. There's coming a day, this day, whenever the unsaved stand before God, there'll be no secret. His eyes are like fire, penetrating into the depths of your soul. Friend, I can't paint a picture of it tonight. But all I can say, I have trembled in the presence of God to realize or to think what it must be like to stand before the one who knows our down sittings and our uprights. He understands our thoughts afar off, every lust, every lie, every bit of anger, every bit of unforgiveness. Every time he took his name in vain, and the eyes of Almighty God bore into your soul, and there's nowhere to run, and there's nowhere to hide. You know what you'll say? You'll say like Hagar of old, Thou God seest me. You see, not only is there the brilliance of the throne and the beauty of the one on the throne, let me say something about the billions before the throne. There's going to be billions here. Men from every generation. Men and women from every color, creed and class. John said there in Revelation in verse 12, he says, I saw the dead, small and great, Stand before God. The atheist will be there. The agnostic will be there. The drug addict will be there and the accountant will be there. The bus driver and the businessman. The skeptic and the cynic. The rich and the poor. The black and the white. The educated, the illiterate, the royal and the religious. Oh, I tell you tonight, the politicians will be there. And the pauper will be there. But the great question... The big question I want to ask you, will you be there? (coughs) It says here, the dead, small and great, stand before God. Picture it now. Those that have died away out in the battlefields of old. Those that have died at the hands of murderers. Those that have died in the slave colonies of South Africa. Those that died in fires and in tragedies, maybe even in the Titanic. And they'll stand before a holy God. What an awesome thing it will be. I want you to look closer now. I want you to scan in in this great multitude of people that are there. Can you see Judas? He'll be there. He saw the miracles. Seen the lepers cleansed and the dead raised. He said, seen the multitudes fed. And Judas will be there. Will you be there? Look a little closer and you'll see Pilate, he'll be there. The one who stood and examined the Lord Jesus and found no fault in this man. 
He knew that he was the son of God. He shook like a sally rod in the wind when he gazed at him. And he took water and tried to wash his hands to have nothing to do with this man. But friend, let me say this to you tonight. Water can't take away the Lord Jesus. And neither can it take away sin. Pilate will be there. I want you to look a bit closer now. Felix will be there. You remember whenever Paul preached, Paul preached of judgment and righteousness. Felix shook. It says that he trembled under conviction. I believe there'll be millions that'll stand before the judgment seat, this great white throne, and they've been in meetings, and the Holy Ghost drew near, and they were under conviction, and they're almost saved, and they put it off. And now it's come. The great day of judgment has come. The summer has passed. The harvest has ended. Not saved. Agrippa will be there. Agrippa was a man who said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You know what that means? Just a little bit more. Paul preached to me a little bit more, I'll come through. A little bit more conviction, and I'll come through. But he never came through. What do you think it'll be like for Pilate to stand before the Saviour? What do you think it'll be like for Agrippa to stand before the Saviour? For Felix to stand before this, Judas to stand before... What about you tonight? What do you think it would be like to leave Northern Ireland and to die in your sin and to stand before the Saviour? It'll not be good. It'll definitely not be good. You see, if you cast your eye quickly to chapter 21 and verse 8, it gives a list of the people that will be there on this day. It says the fearful and the unbelieving will be there. Those that were afraid to get saved because of their family. Those that were afraid to get saved because of what they thought others would say or do to them. The unbelieving will be there. The abominable will be there. The murderer, the whoremonger, the saucer, the idolater. The liar will be there. You ever told a lie? You ever hated anybody in your heart? Friend, if you die in your sin, this is where you're going to be. To stand before God. What an awesome thing it may be, must be, to stand before the almighty, all-knowing, all-seeing one and know that he is right and that you are wrong. What an awesome thing. Not only is there the beauty of the throne, and the billions before the throne. Let me say something quickly about the books that are at the throne. It says in verse 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. You see, dear friends, on this day, God is not dealing with fiction. 
He's dealing with fact now. I want you to give me your attention tonight. Just forget about everyone else around you just for a moment. This is no game, friends. And I fear that those of us that are saved, we have lost the solemnity of what it means for souls to die without Christ. This is not a story. This is not a parable. This is real. Your son might be there. Your neighbor might be there. Your family member might be there. Would to God we had more fear for him in our heart. Would to God we had more concern in our soul. Oh, friend, let me say to you tonight, this is no game. The books will be opened. The book of the law will be opened. Thou shalt not kill. Now, I want you to listen to me tonight. You don't have to take a knife and stab someone in the back to be a murderer, you know. The Lord Jesus said this. If you hate your brother, you're guilty of murder. You don't have to sleep with another man's wife to be an adulterer, you know. You just have to put on the television and look at a woman and lust after her in your heart. And this is what the Lord said. You've already committed adultery in your heart. Now, I may not know those times when you've done that or no one else, but friend, the solemn thing about this is God has a scribe in heaven. And there's not one incident that has been left out. Now, I want you to listen to that tonight. If you're in this meeting and you're not saved, you're playing with fire. You don't have to commit a million sins to go to hell or even to stand at this throne. James said, He that keepeth the whole law and offendeth in one point is guilty of all. Now, there's not one person in this room tonight that has kept the law of God. Not one of us. Now, that means tonight if you die in your sin, you're going to stand here. That's real, friend. That's very real. Not only will the books of the law be there, the books of your deeds will be there. They were judged every man according to their works. Those of us that are saved tonight are saved by grace. But those of you that die in your sin tonight, you'll be judged according to your works because there's different degrees of punishment in hell. I want you to grasp that. Not everyone goes into the same agonies in a lost eternity. How do I know that? Because the Lord Jesus said that it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for Tyre and Sidon. There's different degrees. Now let me put it like this. A young man or young woman that dies in their sin in Northern Ireland, you'll go farther into the lake of fire than a man in Africa that has never heard the gospel before. Now get a grip of that now. I think those times we think in Northern Ireland that that were the high and mighty. But if you die in your sin tonight from this land where there's a Jesus saves sticker in every tree and a gospel mission in nearly every corner, friends, you'll go farther into this lake of fire that I'm going to close with tonight than a man in the middle of the Amazon in Brazil. You'll be judged according to your deeds. 
And every deed is written down. Every idle word. Every lustful thought. It's all recorded in heaven. That's all. That's all. Another book will be there. The book of opportunities will be there. I can see a man standing before God. The day has come. The books are open. And the eyes of fire pierces into his soul. And the angel looks through the book. Oh dear, help us. Here's a man. He's sat on many a meeting. Received many a track. Been prayed for for many times. And I believe in that moment that those incidents and meetings where God has spoken to your soul, God will replay that back to your soul before the great white throne is evidence that you missed the opportunity. You'll be sitting in a meeting like this. God has spoken to your soul. And you'll maybe even hear this preacher's voice over and over and over again. The opportunity is coming and is gone. And the great day of judgment has come. And then the book of life is open. And your name's not there. Do you think there will be an opposition to the Savior's judgment? Now I want you to think about this. What do you think the atheist will do the day they stand before God? Well, I'll tell you honestly, I don't think they'll say anything. I think they'll say, well, I was wrong and God is right. And there'll be no objections. But listen to this now. There will be opposition from a certain group of people. I want you to listen to this now. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 7, he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. For they shall say unto me, Lord, we prophesied in thy name. Lord, we took part in meetings, we preached, we prophesied, we stood in the open air. Lord, we cast out devils in your name. And in thy name done many mighty works. This is what the Lord says. But he, I say unto you, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. Imagine that, friends. Imagine thinking that you're saved and not really saved at all. And standing before God and you've realized that you got it all wrong. God's speaking to some of you tonight Imagine fooling yourself all your life and saying, I'm just cold and I'm just empty and everyone else, everyone else goes through little periods like this and maybe not saved at all. And you die and you stand before God and you remember that man Riddle preached the best that he could. And you've been deceived all your life and you stand before God and the books are open. This is what you'll say. Lord, Lord, open unto me. I've preached in your name. 
Cast out demons in your name. I've done many mighty works in your name. But this is what he will say. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. There'll be people that were baptized that'll stand there that day. There'll be members of churches that'll stand there that day. There'll be men and women, men that were in the lodges standing that day. There'll be good, decent, respectable men and women there that day. And I'll tell you something else. There'll be people that sat around the Lord's table there that day. Because in Luke chapter 13, this is what they said, Lord, we ate and drank in thy presence. And then he said again, depart from me, I never knew. Now I want you to listen to me tonight. I'm preaching from my heart tonight. There's a man told a story, I was listening to it during the week, that he was preaching a message just similar to this. And there's a man at 70 years of age in the meeting. Came to the Lord's table for years. And the Lord started to take a dealing with him. And that man realized that night that he wasn't saved at all. There was no fruit in his life. Now let me tell you something, friends. And I'm telling you tonight from the heart of God. If there's no fruit in your life, don't expect me or anyone else or God to believe that you're saved. He was in that meeting that night and God took a dealing with him. And he spoke to the preacher at the end of the meeting. He says, I'm not saved at all. I know that I'm not. I'm cold. I've no interest in prayer. He says, it's not that I'm backslidden. He says, I know I'm not through. And that man got saved that night. But what an awesome thing it would have been for that man to die and stand before the great white throne and the books to be opened. Now let me ask you a wee question tonight, and I'm coming close to you tonight. Have you any doubt doubt of salvation? Honestly, I want you to answer that. Could you honestly tell me tonight 110% sure that you're saved, that you'll never be here? Because if you can't tell me that, friends, let me say this to you tonight. Get on your knees before God and make sure before 12 o'clock tonight. Make sure. There's, there'll be preachers there that day. Better preachers than me. There'll be elders and deacons there that day. But I want to ask you a question tonight. Will you be there? Honestly now. Not only is there the billions before the throne, the books at the throne, the beauty of the one on the throne, let me close by talking to you now about the banishment from the throne. Now give me your attention. Here's a man and he stands before God. <laughs> He knows everything that he's hearing's right. Oh, I remember sitting in that meeting. I remember God coming here that night and I never got it. 
Remember sitting around the table. Remember being baptized. Oh, I remember. But I know I'm not saved. God, you're right. You're right and I'm wrong. But then it goes on to say in verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Friend, that puts a fear of God in my heart tonight. That puts an awe in my soul as I stand and read that tonight because I'm reading the future of many souls and may even be the future of some in this meeting tonight. Is your name there? Is it there? Lord, I done all that I could on the best I can. Search the book again. All right, I'll search the book again. It goes, it's definitely not there. Are you sure it's not there? No, it's not there. I've tried. I've searched it a few times. It's not there. Cast into the lake of fire. What an awesome thing. To go from the pew down into the pit. Finality for all eternity. The lake of fire is a a lake without a bottom. A fire without an end. A hell without an exit. Eternity without a hope. And pain without relief. Now I want to ask you a question tonight from the heart of God and from my heart. Is there anybody here in the lifeboat and you're making the beeline for the great white throne? Honestly. That's why the Lord Jesus went to the cross. That's why the sinless, spotless Lamb of God left the splendors of heaven. He came down and he took every sin that you would commit and every sin that I would commit. Now listen to this tonight. He bore the penalty for every sin from Adam to the end of time that you and I could go free. That you would never go to a lost eternity in hell. And friend, whenever the Lord Jesus was on that cross on Calvary, every act of rebellion, every act of lust, every act of sin was paid for in full. That's the good message of the gospel. And not only did he die, but on the third day he rose again. And you know what that means tonight? That means that he's here in this meeting tonight, just inside these four walls. He's here. And the Lord knoweth them that are his. And if you're in this meeting tonight and you're not his, he would love to save you. Today he will meet you as your saviour. 
But on this day in the great white throne, he'll meet you as his judge. Come as a sweet invitation of grace. Come unto Jesus, the soul's resting place. Come for his suffering for sinners has has done. Come for the Father is well pleased with his Son. Come for he died your lost soul to redeem. Come and have cleansing and pardon in him. Come for the Father has raised him on high. Come unto Jesus. For why will ye die? For Jesus has power on earth to forgive. And Jesus has power, oh, to make dead sinners live. He'll save you. He'll keep you. And he'll bring you safe home. And if you're in this meeting tonight and you're not saved, friend, this is what you need to do. Now listen to this. Because this will settle your eternal destiny. You need to say, Lord, I am a hell-deserving sinner. I know it, Lord. Lord, I am on my way to that great white throne judgment. But Father, I have heard tonight that your Son died for me. All for me. He paid the penalty for my sin and food. And Lord, I am coming to you tonight as a sinner. And I am sorry for all of my sin. Lord, will you come and save me tonight? Do you know what would happen, friends? He'd save you in the very seat where you sit. And this is a lovely thing to all of us at night that are saved. There is therefore no now condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And I will never, never stand before that great white throne. Not because of who I am. Not because of what I have done. But because there was a day in my life when I repented of my sin, put my trust in him. And instead of going to hell, Stephen Riddle's going up to heaven. The big concern of my heart tonight is this. When the roll is called up yonder, will you be there? Let us pray. I want you just to still your heart tonight. We're in the presence of God tonight. The eye of the Almighty is upon us.
praying, whatever you do, don't leave this meeting tonight if you're not sure. You have a wee word with it. Father, we bow again in thy presence. Lord, we have delivered this message that we're sure that you've laid on our heart for this meeting tonight. Lord, if there's those in our gathering that are on their way to the great white throne judgment, we pray that you'll take a dealing with them and save them by thy grace, even tonight. If there's those that are depending on an old, empty, false profession, we pray, Lord, that you'll speak so clearly to them. Lord, that they'll come through for thee. And Father, those of us that are saved, forgive us for our lack of burden. Forgive us for our lack of zeal. In seeking to warn and to win men and women to thee. We pray, Lord, that you'll take us to our homes in safety tonight. For we ask it in the Saviour's precious and worthy name. Amen. We're not going to sing any more tonight. And you've been very patient with me. I just felt that I needed to take the time to explain those things to you. But friend, let me say this to you tonight. If you want a word with us, I'm here to help you all that I can. But whatever you do tonight, you make sure, you make sure that you'll never end up in front of this great white throne judgment seat. Lord bless you.